Welcome, friends, to another episode of The Follower. I'm Michael Brogna, and today we're going to continue our series through 2 Timothy. We've got uh, this episode and then one more that will follow, and then we will wrap up our study in 2 Timothy. I've learned uh, a lot as I've gone through this myself, uh, preparing for a class that I'm going to be teaching on the pastoral epistles hopefully uh, in April in Africa, and so beginning to do the preparations going through 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. But if you have a Bible, today it'll probably be a quicker abbreviated episode. We're just going to look at three verses where we left off after our last episode in verse 5 of chapter 4. Today we're just going to look at verses 6, 7, and 8. So get your Bible, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to get started. In these three verses that we're going to look at today, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Yesterday we ended, or I should say in our last episode, we we ended with verse 5 where Paul was telling Timothy that, that he needed to... Uh, be sober-minded and endure suffering and to do the work of an evangelist and to fulfill his ministry. As Paul said to him, fulfill your ministry. And what we see in these three verses, six through eight, is Paul now is looking at his own life, in essence, in, in telling Timothy, I have fulfilled my ministry, the ministry that has been given to me. And he, in verse 6, <clears throat> talks about this being poured out, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. And here we, we get a glimpse of Paul's understanding of his situation that he's in, uh, as a prisoner, understanding that his life has been an offering, and talk about that here in just a second, but that the time for his departure has come. So his death is imminent. It's not, it, it's not uh, set evidently in the sense that he knows he's got a week left or a month left or whatever, but he knows the end is, is near. His departure has come. The reason I say he doesn't know exactly when that's going to be is because we'll see in the next episode when we read through the rest of chapter 4, 
he mentions things like uh, to Timothy, bring me a cloak, uh, come before winter, uh, bring me the books and the parchments and those sort of things. So he still is going to work to the very end. And yet he is aware that he is being poured out as a drink offering. And this really is similar when we think of the life of Christ, who Paul, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, talks about how Jesus Christ had emptied himself. And here I think what Paul's doing is he's using a kind of a similar imagery here, even though that was a little bit different um, context of what he was talking about there, the divinity of Christ. And even though he was fully God, yet he emptied himself, he humbled himself. And Paul here is saying that he is already being poured out as a drink offering. And he's speaking in the present voice, even as he writes to Timothy, that, that he is being poured out like this Old Testament drink offering that we read about in Numbers chapter 15, when a a priest or the priest would pour the entire drink on the altar. They received none of it for themselves. Uh, the priests and some of the offerings could take back a portion of that offering for themselves, but in a drink offering, again, if you read Numbers 15, uh, verses 1 through 10, we see that all of the drink offering is poured out upon the altar. And what a picture it is of Paul saying everything, Timothy. I, my life has been poured out. I've given everything to God. 100% of my life has been on the altar for God. And what a, what a difficult thing that is to do. It's not easy to empty ourselves, to pour ourselves out for the Lord. Uh, life is about giving ourselves to to God and to His kingdom work, and yet we struggle with our own selfishness and our own agenda. Paul's looking now back on his life, and he says to Timothy, "My whole life, from the time that I was called by the Lord Jesus, I've I've emptied myself, I've poured out my my life as though it were a drink offering to God." Then Paul uses another metaphor when he mentions that the time of his departure has come. It's an interesting thing, isn't it, to think of the ending of our life here on earth as a departure, uh, a release. And Paul, obviously, who uh, is a prisoner of Rome when he's writing this, sees his death as as a departure. It, it's a release from being in prison. He's not going to be released and go back and walk and minister freely as he once did, but he sees his death as though he is now departing. And he's soon going to be untied and freed from chains, and he's he's going home. He's being released. 
And I think it's uh, really a, uh, a few commentaries and commentators that I've read liken this word departure to a, uh, a travel, uh, traveling. Unlike for us in the 21st century, we typically think of uh, getting on a plane. In fact, I'm going to be getting on a plane here in about uh, 48 hours, a little less than 48 hours, and I've got a departure time. It's time that I know I'm going to be leaving. I need to get on that plane and and uh, and I'll take off to my destination. Paul didn't have planes uh, to, to jump on, but he did have ships. And many commentators that, I, that I've read on this passage think that Paul's talking about that. He, he traveled a lot on boats and he um, sees his, his uh, death as, a, as a, a journey where he will now be getting on a boat and setting sail and leaving this earth and going to his new home. He mentions this as well in his letter to the Philippians. I know I'm mentioning uh, cross-referencing Philippians a couple times here, but in uh, chapter 1 of Philippians, Paul says in verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So he's talking about death here, and he, he says... His life is defined by Christ. That's kind of his mission statement. To live is Christ. To die is gain. It's actually a gain to die. And then in verse 22, in Philippians 1, he says, uh, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And that's Corinth, uh, excuse me, Philippians 1, verse 23. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Well, this desire to be with Christ and to depart, he's using the same word here now in 2 Timothy 4. Six, And he's saying he is going to be with the Lord, which will be a far better place for him to be. So he is uh, looking back on his life, sharing this with Timothy as he encourages Timothy and all of us now who read this letter to continue and fulfill our ministry just as he has fulfilled his. So the time for his departure has come, which is a far better thing in Paul's mind, to depart this earth and to be with Christ. And in verse 7, he then says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We've talked about how suffering was a hallmark of Paul's apostleship, of his ministry, Many, many years, decades of serving the Lord and, and walking with Jesus and traveling and being on a mission for God brought him uh, a lot of persecution 
that he had to endure. And he makes mention of that in 2 Timothy to Timothy. He talks about him being in chains and the persecution and how he was abandoned and deserted by associates and friends. Uh, And he says now, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. What a great thing to come to the end of your life on earth. And uh, as Paul was reflecting and looking back and to be able to say those things, that, that you fought the good fight, you finished the race, you kept the faith, faith, faith. <laughs> you, you didn't give up the fight, you didn't give up the race, and you didn't throw away your faith, even in the midst of great suffering and persecution. This was Paul's life. The fighting the good fight, is it's a struggle. Uh, the life of discipleship is a struggle. Following Jesus is a struggle. We should expect that. It's not all doom and gloom, but again, the original context and what Paul went through, looking at his life and knowing what we know about what he endured, there was a lot of pain that was involved in following Jesus in the first century AD. And not only just following him, but being the leader of the early church in the Roman Empire. So Paul continued that fight. It was a good fight. Some fights are good. And this indeed is one that is good. Kind of like a wrestling match, I think, is what what he sees here and what he's describing a struggle and uh, times when we're going to be tired, but it's it's a good type of tiredness. It's a good fight. He's finished the race. Paul's saying he finished his race, uh, the path of life that God had set out for him, the ministry that God had given to Paul. Paul has faithfully completed that. And he's... Uh, He's at the finish line, just about there, and and um, the path ends at some point for all of us, and the race is finished here on earth. There's only so, so many things. There's certain things we can only do on earth that we won't do in heaven, and Paul has done these things, and uh, now that he's going to be called home to be with the Lord, he... Uh, he uh, is able to say that he's finished this race that was set before him. And he's kept the faith. He has kept the doctrine of the Christian faith. We see over and over in these pastoral epistles in Second Timothy of people who've abandoned the faith, people who have strayed from the truth, people who have not been faithful to the sacred writings, to the scriptures, but that's not true of Paul. He has kept that. He has kept his faith. He hasn't thrown it away, even in, in, in the midst of incredible hardship. He has kept the faith. So again, uh, Paul encouraging Timothy, and we are encouraged as we read these, and we're challenged when we read these words to view our life in a similar way, to finish the race, and uh, to fight the good fight, and to keep the faith until we reach that finish line and depart from this earth to be with the Lord in heaven.
And then as we look at this final verse of the three verses we're looking at today, verse 8, he talks about this uh, crown of righteousness now. He says, There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And this crown of righteousness, again, considering what Paul's talking about, being at the end of his life, being poured out like a drink offering, he is now departing, he's getting on the ship, he's setting sail soon to go to uh, his heavenly destination, and he knows that there is something waiting for him there, this crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to him on, on that day. And uh, this is twice now in this chapter that Paul has referred to Jesus as judge, and He's aware that that uh, Paul is aware that he will stand before Judge Jesus, and that Jesus, being righteous, doing the right thing always, knowing that Paul has completed his ministry, he has fulfilled it. He's fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. There will be an award laid up for him, given to him, that it's very personal here, that Jesus himself will award to him. Uh, this picture of a judge, uh, the, the Lord Jesus sitting on a judgment seat and, and then stepping down and awarding to Paul this crown, giving it to him. He says, it will be the Lord who will award this to me on that day. He says it's laid away, it's put away until that day, that judgment day when we stand before Jesus, and it is a crown that we will receive. Just as athletes receive crowns for their uh, accomplishments, it's not, a, it's not a trophy, but it is a crown, which in the first century, in essence, was a trophy for them, but not one that we would consider uh, today. Athletes get uh, uh, trophies, not crowns. Or ribbons. So Paul also speaks of um, uh, this crown, I believe, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, where he talks about it, an unperishable wreath. There are other crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament, uh, the crown of life, James talks about, the crown of glory, Peter talks about. And Paul is uh, aware that all the hardship, all of the difficulty, all of the suffering, all of the persecution, all of these things that he has gone through to fulfill his ministry for the Lord will not go unnoticed and will be rewarded. And not only to him, he says this, to, in essence, to encourage Timothy. So you, you continue on to Timothy. It's not going to be easy. But know this, he says, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So the hope that we have, this is a promise for you and I too, for if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower, and you are serving him, that, um, that this is a crown that we also 
can look forward to, just as Paul did when we come to the end of our lives. What a great three verses this is, and uh, just full of uh, encouragement to us and challenge to, to us, just as Paul was challenging Timothy to continue on, just keep pressing on, Timothy, fulfill your ministry. It will be worth it. You will not regret it. Well, we've got one more episode as we prepare to wrap up 2 Timothy. In our next episode, we'll look at verses 9 through the rest of chapter 4. But let's let's close in a word of prayer, asking the Lord to um, help us to finish well and to continue even when we are weary. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for these three Little verses in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Lord, help us to remember that our life is an offering to you. And we pour ourselves out to give our lives to you, Jesus. Knowing that one day too, just as Paul looked at his life, knew that the time has come for his departure, that we too have a departure time and a date. Help us to fight the good fight. Give us strength in the spiritual battle through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to endure as we run this marathon, as we follow you, Jesus, through the ups and downs of life, the difficult valleys that we go through, the dangerous places. But help us to follow you and finish the race and to hold on dearly to the faith to not throw it away, to keep it, and to share it. Thank you for the hope that we have, knowing that, Jesus, you have done all of this. You have gone before us, and we serve you out of love for you and love for others. We understand that you are our judge. You are our Savior. You are our Lord, but you're also our judge, our righteous judge. And one day, as we were told today, you will award this crown of righteousness for all of us who have loved your appearing. Thank you for these things, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time as we wrap up our study in 2 Timothy. My name is Michael Brogna. I'm a follower of Jesus. God bless you.